0: You are listening to the Coach's Edge Podcast exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network.
1: Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, this is Pablo from Rush Coach Development, and uh, very happy today. I have John Murphy, the Technical Director from Florida Rush uh, Soccer. Um, join us. How are you doing, Sean?
0: I'm doing well, thanks, Pablo. How are you?
1: My pleasure. I'm doing very well, very well um great sean so um thank you very much for um for being a part of this um i really enjoy uh interviewing people that i think people in clubs that i think that are really interesting from our own um network so so really happy to to share this space together yeah
0: my pleasure pablo thanks for inviting me thanks for the opportunity
1: oh no please please um and sean do you want to tell us a little bit um so that people that maybe don't know you uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and um how you ended up at Florida Rush in your career and um and what you do?
0: Sure, sure, absolutely. So um I grew up in Bristol, uh and like any boy in England is absolutely obsessed by soccer and uh always had a ball at my feet. And uh, you know, my first childhood memory is I'm sure a lot of the a lot of the people out there that are involved with soccer, you know, my first childhood memory was playing soccer with my grandfather and um I you know played with various clubs and, and had interest from some professional clubs, but nothing ever really materialized. So, um, when I was about 17, about 17 and a half, I was contacted, um, by Flagler college here in St. Augustine in Florida. And, um, um, just, just jumped at the chance really to come over to the United States. I was, as I said, I was 17 and a half. So when I actually think back at it, um, (laughs) you know, really to, to get on a plane for the first time ever and to go over to, to florida with with you know not knowing anybody it's uh yes yeah, kind of crazy really but um i'm glad i did it you know i've been over in the states now for about 34 years and uh yeah living the american dream i've got i'm married to an american american girl wonderful wife allison and i've got two boys liam and declan both born here in orlando um mm-hmm. so i played at flagler for four years and and just you know loved the school loved the uh, you know, the location, obviously, in Florida, um, just just loved everything about it. Loved the coach. The coach was excellent. Um, really connected with him. He was also from England. So that, that definitely helped, you know, my transition. And um, really, I just even during my college playing days, I was getting into coaching. I, um, I I started doing camps, as we all do, did camps. And I was doing camps up at Duke University, uh, during the summers. I uh, started as early as my sophomore year after my first year, kind of needed some summer work and went up there and started coaching. And kind of one thing led to another. I just started coaching and finished off my playing career. And back then in the kind of early, late 80s, early 90s, there wasn't a lot of professional soccer. We're very lucky now with the MLS and everything. It's grown you know, exponentially. So uh, great opportunity for players now. But back then there was only only a handful of teams. So, playing kind of um, took a back seat to coaching, really. Um, After I got out of Flagler College, I um, started coaching some high school teams and then um, was fortunate enough to apply for and and get the uh, assistant coaching job at Clemson University. That was in um, 1993. And uh, I was at Clemson for five years and uh, really enjoyed that experience. I mean, there were some top-level players at Clemson. We were ranked we were ranked um you know number one in the country for a large period of that five years and got to the final eight and a couple of final 16s and won a couple of conference championships so that was fantastic really enjoyed that experience and um I got a master's degree while I was there as well so that was that was great um and then then after five years at Clemson I I was uh, applied for and was fortunate enough to be appointed the head coach at Stetson University and um, kind of went from uh, a program that had basically unlimited resources at Clemson to a program that was very limited with resources, but uh, um, you know, worked hard with the program and we won a co- couple of conference championships. And uh, that was the, the first conference championship we won in 2001. That was the first time ever. The program was about, about 50 years old. And so that was that was a great experience. And then um, in 2006, a little bit later on, we, the team, won the the conference championship, the postseason conference championship, and got a berth into the NCAA tournament, which was also first time ever. So, um, really, you know, b- the boys there at Stetson just really worked hard and did a great job, and and uh, you know, really positive um, memories of that program. And then um, in 2007, I decided to kind of step away from full time coaching and. I got, I got a job in the regular work world and I, um, I helped uh, uh, prepare colleges for accreditation visits. Um, I was with a proprietary educational company called Career Education and uh, enjoyed that. And I was kind of a little bit out of coaching, um, kind of decided to take a break. But then um, Richie Gray at Florida Rush contacted me and um, decided to kind of join Florida Rush on a part time basis around about 2008. Coached coached some good teams at Florida Rush and won a couple of state championships and things of that nature and really enjoyed that. And then um, Richie had been talking to me a little bit about the possibility of, of a full time position. And um, finally, in 2016, we kind of agreed that I come on board full time. And uh, since then, I've I've held a few different roles. I was the we have the DA here at Florida Rush, so I was the DA director for a couple of years, and then um, became the technical director. Uh, and that's the, the, the position I hold today.
1: Very nice. Well, it's been quite a journey.
0: Sure. Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it sure has. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, soccer has been, you know, my passion. It's been something that that just uh, I've always gravitated as a player and, and just I've always been, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to use the word obsessed, but certainly, you know, just entrenched. I just love the game and as we all do and um you know playing coach and I, I couldn't imagine at this point in my life you know being away from soccer it's it's not just the game itself but just the uh the avenue we have to just impact kids lives and and, and meet good people and and just uh it's it's bigger than just the game yeah it's bigger than just the game
1: it's 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 definitely a lot more than a game for sure yeah. for sure or at least for for all of those uh that we love it it's um it's definitely a lot more um and I mean, how did you how did you guys um, know each other with with Richie?
0: Yeah, so I, I didn't really know Richie. I mean, Richie Richie, um, I guess you would say it was his brainchild. You know, he 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 kind of established Florida Rush. They uh, mm-hmm. um, in two thousand and eight, Richie um, that was involved with his son. His son was a player, and they there was three as i understand it three quite competitive clubs in the central florida area and they kind of were kept banging heads and both you know on and off the field i guess and richie as i said richie's it was richie's brainchild to kind of merge the three clubs and uh, i'm not quite sure how he um connected with florida rush but um or sorry national rush and uh Mm -hmm. but he contacted rush i I would assume you know he got in contact with tim or, or you know one some of the leaders there at Florida at, at National Rush and and basically the rest is history kind of um Rich is back, Rich is our executive director his, his his background's more in business um you know but I know he kind of talks very fondly of his um you know his memories of you know his son playing his son actually played for Rush and Rush won a national championship um with his son's team so um Richie was quite involved with that team he's the manager of that team but also the executive director for the club and um, I think Richie kind of fell in love with the game through his son's participation, but I think Richie kind of saw the bigger picture, as we just mentioned, you know, he saw that, um, you know, the sport has got so much to offer, you know, youth in general, and it's a vehicle to serve the community. And I think that's what inspires Richie the most is just, you know, it's, it's, a, you know, it's kind of a platform to serve our community. So that that's what we really pride ourselves on is, is, you know, doing a good job on the field and, um, you know, being a servant to the community. So so the club kind of started in 2008. And my understanding is there was a few hundred players and, and we've grown over the years. Um, I joined in 2008, but as I said, in a part-time capacity. Um, but I think back in the, you know, starting days, they had three or 400 players, I think. And now the the, the program has grown up to approximately a thousand kids in the recreational division and we've got about 1000 kids in the competitive division so about 75 teams there and as i said you know the clubs won a national championship and a, several state championships and we've got um, we've got nine nine staff members eight eight a full-time and one part-time director um, and the the cool thing actually that i was just thinking of before i came on the call i was just thinking of our staff and how dedicated they are as i said to be that community paced platform but all, all the rush staff Pablo have um all had kids playing in the club you know one time or another the nine you know the nine directors or full time staff have all had kids playing in the club so um mm-hmm. that that's pretty cool to think of I, I was quite happy to think of that
1: no hundred percent in fact um i was while, while you were telling me the story i I kept thinking about asking you that that what do you think that um what do you think that that Florida Rush, that is one of the most remarkable clubs that we have within the network? what do you think um what do you think the club excels at or has been um a, a key factor of uh for success along its history
0: yeah so um I think the probably the key driver you know for for us as a staff and us as a club is um you know putting the players first, putting our membership first, putting the players first, putting the parents first. And, um, we don't just stop there. You know, we, we expand our membership. We include referees and, um, and as I said, the community. So, um, we've started a referee, um, a platform where, for referee education and connecting parents with referees. And we're trying to, um, you know, we recognize that there's you know a little bit of a crisis, not just in soccer, but in all sports in regards to officiating, um, you know, that the, the 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 you know the the dropout rate for for officials in all sports, but specifically soccer is is extremely high and extremely worrying. So we've started a referees uh, education kind of uh, recruitment program where um, we um, we have referees up to NTC, which is our kind of home base. Uh, we have classrooms up there. We provide dinner and we talk to the referees about um, you know problems they have, um, how we can help the referees. Um, you know so um we, we we get involved with the rush um uh, you know referees we get involved well not rush referees but referees and then we get involved with the uh the parents obviously we we uh have a high level of engagement with the parents and and just a high level of communication and as i said trying to get um involved in the community and trying to uh do as much you know be be a community servant basically and um so we do a lot of things like that 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 i think um um, what would you say like uh, differentiate us as a as a club um, mm-hmm. and then I think going back to the players, I think you know what a thing that we do very well, I think is um you know we 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 work hard um you know to ensure that we do a good job on the field coaching the kids um, but we really um develop we really pay a lot of effort at, at developing the kids holistically, so we have we have a lot of things out there that um that uh, like, for example, we have the Foundations of Success, which is a, a classroom based. Um, uh, mo- it's four modules and we have kids. We open it, open up the registration. It's free to the kids. Uh, it's first come, first served. And um, basically we have about uh, the classroom can fit about 50 kids. so We, we kind of cap it at like 35 or 40 kids. And we in that class, we teach like life skills, um, you know, things from from uh, the pitfalls and, and advantages of social media. We talk about, um, you, know, you know, understanding that that social media, your your um, what would you call it, like identity on social media is there forever and talk about how they need to ensure that they respect their their social media footprint um we talk about Mm -hmm. things things that that perhaps are even a little bit uh i wouldn't say outdated but um you know how to how to fill out a check for example um we talk about just just very basic money management we talk about um you know intrinsic motivation extrinsic extrinsic motivation um you know so we we kind of cover a wide um array of, of topics but uh I think that's something that really we, we really take pride in as well Is is, you know, it's not just a matter of going out of the field, doing your 90 minute training session and leaving. We really try and emphasize the importance of of holistic development, you know, and with that in mind, you know, the importance of building relationships with the kids. That's something that we're very focused on uh, at the moment.
1: No, very good. Very good. Um and I can see that from, from what I hear, at least or the programs that I see that are happening in the club. Um I, I, I can totally see that. Um and um Sean, getting a little bit more into the soccer aspects. Sure. Um I mean you've had a um a great career. I mean, that did, did a successful career that you can be proud of. So um what do you think after all of the all of these years, what do you think have um become uh like cornerstones of your of your coaching philosophy?
0: Sure, sure. So um I, I when i when I look back at kind of establishing like you the work to use your words Pablo the cornerstone of my philosophy i, I think back at like influences that i 've had um you mm-hmm. know over the years you know and and I certainly as I said my playing career um i I played just a year or two of professional soccer but not 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 a high level or anything like that but so I've, i' i haven 't got mentors that are famous or anything like that I, you know i watch watch you know, managers and and read books and things of that nature, um, and I think coaches that I gravitate towards that have influenced me. You know, over my years, I think back to the '90s when, you know, I just couldn't get enough soccer. I still can't today, but in the '90s, you know, when I was playing and coaching and watching, I mean, soccer was just every minute of every day. Um, in the '90s, obviously, Manchester United were were you know winning everything, but I I didn't gravitate gravitate towards. Manchester United because of Manchester United. I think I gravitated towards Manchester United because of Alex Ferguson and you know, just, just his cornerstones. You know, I read his books and, and watched what he did and you know, he just he just was an outstanding man manager and, and just really um encouraged individual creativity but but had you could tell by watching his teams that always very structured, a very structured identity, you know. And um so I I, I really we gravitated towards Manchester United because of Alex Ferguson, and I could say that you know in the in the in recent years you know I, I've kind of gravitated towards Liverpool. So if you're a Man United fan, you're probably cringing to hear that I'm watching more Liverpool today. But you know I I, I gravitate towards Klopp because you know because of Klopp because of his passion and his enthusiasm. You know it, he 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 also has got kind of outstanding clarity in in his game model. You can just you know I think I think if you can. If you can have an identity where somebody who's not involved in the day-to-day operations of the team, they can watch the team play and they can say, this is what they're trying to do. This is what the team is trying to do. Um, then I think you're doing your job as a coach. I think, you're, I think that's one of the most important cornerstones is is communicating to the players and communicating to the parents um, you know, and obviously applying it in your training sessions, but ensuring that you have a clear identity, you know, everybody has an understanding of how you want to play. So so that's how I gravitated towards kind of, you know, influences Alex Ferguson and Klopp. And I would also say, uh, you know, I, I really admire and respect Pochettino. Um, you know, I, I think he's got, a, I, I, I was fortunate enough at Disney, to, at Disney Wild Water Sports, a lot of teams come there and I watch Pochettino train and he He just did an amazing job with his team he just in the session there was a he had a real methodic real um just a real strong um presence about himself and and very specific in his communication and how he related to, related to the players and and expressed to them what he wanted out of the players what what their roles were you know in relation to the game model um so those those three mm-hmm. coaches were i've really kind of gravitated to. Um, and then I have mentors that, um, you know, during my kind of coaching that I, I've become friends with over the years, Robbie Stahl, I, I, I've known him, you know, since my college days. He, he, he was a former college coach and was one of the first American coaches to coach in Europe professionally. Um, I think he's a director of coaching at the uh, Alliance Cincinnati, but he, I took... From him, I took specific pieces. You know, he's very detail-orientated and broke the game down, um, you know, went down into the the smallest of pieces, you know, in in individual player functions and how that then related to the big picture and the game model so that players really understood, um, you know, what their role was and what the functions were. And then when I was at Clemson, Trevor, Trevor Adair was the head coach, and he was just an outstanding motivator. So I learned a lot about motivating players, and he he was – very much of the mindset that training should be more demanding than the games and you know the training session is just a high level of intensity and and the kids the the players i won't say kids it was college players but the players just and and i think that carries over into club soccer as well i think the players love you know high high tempo high intensity um you know kind of player-centric sessions and and so I i learned that from trevor that you know from when the players get there to when they leave let's let's make let's be intentional about what we're doing let's have a purpose let's you know let's work hard and 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 you know you can walk away from training feeling really good about what you've done today you know it's no time wasted kind of thing so and then probably my last Absolutely. mentor um Bob Mullen was my college coach and I think what I learned most from Bob is is he was a very passionate coach about you know just very passionate about the game but the thing I still I'm still in touch with Bob today you know 30, 30 plus years later and um just a great person a great you know a great uh he had a great ability to kind of build relationships with the players and connect with the players so from all of those coaches I've just tried to um you know create kind of my own philosophy and the things that are important to me um in my philosophy is I definitely want to create a positive culture and and that's conducive to learning um and, and, you know, as I mentioned from from Bob Moulin, one of my mentors, you know, I, I definitely want to, what would you say, kind of um, convey my passion and my love of the game and hope that that's contagious and hope that players on my team have an ongoing and lasting passion for the game. So um, and then mm-hmm. through the game, as I mentioned earlier on, we're, at Rush, we're very... Um, very dedicated and devoted to holistic development. And I think that's very important, you know, to develop the players um, on and off the field. And and I think a key piece of that for me, I think probably the number one most important thing to me, I think is, you know, some coaches say that they have a standard of excellence and they want to, you know, want to achieve excellence. And uh, for me, it's that's, I I don't say that, you know, for me, I, I just want the players to do their very best. You know I want them to work as hard as they can mm-hmm. um to do their very best in every endeavor and I think if everybody's doing their best, me included um then um then I think you know that that's the best we can do we can look ourselves in the mirror um, and be honest that we're we're doing our best and that's all we can ask for you know and and probably the last piece of of my philosophy i think is um just trying to provide effective leadership, trying to be honest and and transparent and um um, you know, just trying to be consistent and being a an, uh, you know being an effective communicator. Um, there's there's other pieces there. I think that that you know I can talk about, but that those would be the key pieces. You know, in being an effective leader and 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 just from that leadership, hopefully have respect of the players and 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 that goes two ways. Um, I hope the players respect me, and and I certainly you know, want to respect the players if they're working hard and doing their best in every endeavor, as I said, then I definitely um respect them. And I think that's kind of a the foundation then for for cultivating um, you know, meaningful and long-lasting relationships.
1: No, very good, very good. Um and then I was writing on a couple of things that they that, that you mentioned and um uh, I didn't want to interrupt but um <laughs> that I think are, are, are excellent. <laughs> that are um one is one is what you were saying about passion, completely right. Uh, Tim always says that as well. He yeah. always says, um, you know, you can you can right. teach passion, but you can but it's contagious. And, uh, and I, I I fully agree yeah. with both of you, yeah. to be honest. And um, and the other one that um that I think it's re- one other that is really interesting that, that you were saying that happens to me all the time, as well as a coach is um what you were saying that the the player wants to to be demanded the player wants to be challenged to train at a a high intensity it's um i don't know if it happens to you as well but i find it more complicated to sustain the level of motivation on days that i'm training not at the peak on purpose suppose that we play on saturday and we train on friday so i'm you know a lot of pieces and um and a lot of interruptions because i'm doing it on purpose Um, and, um, it's, I find it harder to sustain the level of motivation of of the player than actually the the tough day that could be a Wednesday in that case. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think your first comment there about passion just being, um, contagious. I, I, I fully, you know, I fully, uh, agree with that. And I think that, um, yeah, it, it, you know, I think the coach has, has got to lead by example. And if the coach is coming out there and working hard and, and I think that, goes towards like organization and um and I I I love the I I really love the um I don't know if you call it a mantra or a slogan but you know where the trails of passion and purpose Mm -hmm. meet begins the path to victory you know I I think that's just an outstanding motto I guess Pablo um but but I think when passion Mm -hmm. and purpose meet you know for me passion is contagious as you said as Tim said um, and I think I think purpose goes to, you know, organization. And I think if you're you as a coach is showing up and you're organized and you have um, intentional to practice sessions, you know, um, s- sometimes I see coaches that do kind of four um, individual isolated drills. And, 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 th- and that's good. I mean, I'm sure the players, um, you know, they work hard and, and do a good job. But I think I think if your training session. Leads towards the game model is always your, your session the session is always specific and each session each um not session sorry each exercise within the session directly relates to, relates to your topic and that topic directly relates to the game model so if you have that passion and you have that purpose you have that intentionality and they meet um that's where the path of victory is and i think um i think the path of victory as well can be you know many different things i think the path of victory doesn't necessarily have to be results winning um i, I think the path of victory mm-hmm. i mean if, if you're organised and you have passion and, and you're, 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 you know, intentional with your sessions, you know, I, I think enjoyment is winning. I think enjoyment is victory. And, and, and the, if the players are coming off the field and, you know, as you said, on different days, you know, they may work harder than others, but if they're coming off the field and feeling like they've achieved something on that day, then that's victory for me. I think that's um, a key piece. Of course, I want to win the games, but that, you know, that comes, I think that comes as a result of all the things
1: that I've spoken, spoken about. I know 100%. I, I 100% agree with you. And um, Firstly, what you were saying about being specific, I'm very big about being specific. I think the player gets a lot more engaged uh, when he can understand the direct relationship of what you're practicing Definitely. to the game model. To, to the playing style that, that the team has and um
0: and I think I think um, so, man, sorry to no, interrupt I think that um something mm-hmm. that I've noticed as well is you know we we've we've adopted you know the rush way the style of play I mean everything that the rush um you know the rush way the way of playing you know with the uh purposeful soccer you know and and, and you know, having a purpose when you have the ball and those types of things. And, you know, we we kind of created our, our rush style of play. And, um, it, it, you know, something that is, I, I've been trying to do a lot of this season in particular is asking all the players if they've actually read the Florida rush style of play, if they're familiar with the style of play. I, I, and I think I've kind of made that a little bit of my mission this this season is to to try and get every player in the club to read you know what we understand our Florida Rush style of play to be, and you know we've got we've got the overarching style of play, and then we've broken it down into the moments. And as I said, it very much aligns with the Rush way. Um, but it, but if the players don't if the players don't understand what the style of play is, I find it very hard. You know that the, even if the coach is being intentional and they're re- being very specific in the topic and the topic relates to the style of play, but if the players don't ultimately know what the style of play is, then I think it's making our our life as a coach much more difficult you know because the, ultimately the the player doesn't know what their end goal is and it, it, you know yeah if the if the player oh, really? doesn't know what the end goal is then how can we effectively work towards that so that that's been a kind of personal um you know personal uh what would you call it like um desire you know of, of this season is to try and get mm-hmm. i've been kind of creating the homework assignments for various teams and I've asked the coaches to, you know, make sure that they send it out to the players and, and make sure that they, they understand, or at least have read, um, you know, our, our style of play, you know, the rush way.
1: No, no, but, uh, but it makes complete sense, huh? uh, to me at least, because um, it, it's like you're saying they they don't know, they
0: right, don't know exactly. the destination, if they don't. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, um, and if, if they if they they don't know the style of play, it, it goes back to something that you were saying a couple of minutes ago that it's um um the the how do you say it? like right. the footprint the the building and building an identity on the on the yeah. on the team and and the club the culture the identity it's uh
0: yeah so it's, it's hard to you know what just made me think uh, of there Pablo is it's almost like trying to put a jigsaw puzzle mm-hmm. together and you're missing pieces of the jigsaw puzzle you know and you don't yeah exactly. so um yeah that might be an analogy yeah I, I really like analogies and mantras and logos and things of that nature, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I think that's consistent through coaching, but I really, I really feel, you know, you've got things on paper and you, you, you know, you perhaps do classroom sessions and video breakdown and you read the style of play. But I think it's, it's critical to have these little, you know, mantras that, that you, you kind of are constantly communicating to the players. Like, as I said a minute ago, I think my number one, most important f- piece of my philosophy is that the players work hard to do the best in every endeavor. And, you know, like Pep said, you know, he said, if you train badly, you play badly. If you play, if you work like a beast in training, you play the same way, you know, I, 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 you know, that that's for me is the foundation of a good team is, is working hard and and talent, you know, talent coupled with work ethic. And, you know, so, so like a hundred percent effort, a hundred percent of the time, what you put in is what you get out. So I'm quite big on, on these, uh, you know what I'm not quite sure what you call them, mantras, logos, slogans, but I think, um, I think they really can support you as a coach and and uh help you get across, you know, what's important to you and what's important to the culture for, for the team and, and making sure everybody's on the same page.
1: No, no, completely. I'm I, 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 I do yeah. it as well, and um, maybe, maybe the the. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking out loud with you here, but maybe the reason why why they are so effective is because, um, you know, they summarize yeah, long right? ideas in a few yeah. words, and uh, so they, they right. make it simple in a way. And simplicity tends right. to be more effective. Yeah. So, so, I guess I yeah, guess so that's that's true. how we collaborate. Yeah. And it's interesting what you're saying because, um, you know, um, about about these the desire of building an identity sure. and a culture and. Um, I was reading from Simeone not very long ago that it's quite the antithesis to mm-hmm. Pep, actually. And, um, and he was saying, he was saying that, that I can, another coach once says, I can't remember which coach he was, but that he said, I don't like the way Atletico de Madrid plays, but I respect them because they have an right. identity and right. a culture. And then Simeone said, that's one of the best You're compliments sure? that I received. And he said, because it's not easy to build that's an identity right. and right. a culture.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, to use your first word, mm-hmm. you said cornerstone. I mean, I think your identity and your culture mm-hmm. are the two cornerstones. If you can get a culture and get your team all on the same page and reading, like I like to say, reading from the same sheet of music, I think that's a big step in the right direction. And then when you've got that right culture, when when players understand the values and the beliefs and, and all want to act accordingly, um, you know, I think as that's going on, you can you can establish your identity because players are more willing to um I don't know if conform is the right word, but but certainly, you know, come together, come together to to you know create. And as I said earlier on, I think you know, I think that's the common thread between great coaches really is is you know, when I talked about Alex Ferguson, Poggettino and Klopp, um that's the first thing that jumps out to me about those guys. And as you said, Diego Simeone and um, and Pep, you know, they have a they have they have a crystal clear understanding of what they their what they want their team's identity to be, and and they go about it, you know, with with a relentless passion.
1: Completely, and um, I I do I do I, I admire them as well because um, I think there's nothing more complicated than than building that identity and a plan and in every single game you know playing playing the same and being right and and win by it you know it's i think it's easier to be pragmatic uh, to analyze rivals you know and try to change a little bit but to have that strong identity that you know exactly how they're going to play it's it's so crystal clear and they still they still win yeah
0: and i think i think you have to kind of Encourage your players to be courageous as well. I'd say that's another important uh, value or, or belief. I, I guess you'd call it a value. That that's one of the things that I you know I go back to the you know the the work work you know hard at every endeavor. Um, but I also always try and encourage the players to be courageous. You know to to impose themselves, and I think that comes back to your training as well. If if it's it, 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 Regardless of the intensity of the session, if it's organised and structured, and from the minute the players get there to the minute the players end, you know, we're their structure, we're achieving, we're working on this, there's specific, you know, topics and functions of the players, and it's all, you know, it's all very well organised and purposeful. Um, you know, then I think the players can go out there and be courageous. They can, it, it, you know, they know what their identity is, and they, and, and you ask, when you ask them to impose that identity on their opponent, they they can do it because they know what they know what their identity is you know so i think it's it's important that that clarity is there but it's difficult to ask your team to go out there and execute it if you haven't clearly communicated it through through you know verbal you know communication through your you know painting that picture at training and 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 those types of things so i i once that once our team clearly understand their identity i really like them to i really like to ask them to be courageous you know go out there and be on the front mm. foot uh, and th- and this comes back also to you know the rush way the style of play is you know um you know kind of take it to your opponent you know impose yourself on your opponent and you know I, I I really feel like that's important as well i I, I think if you're tentative you know then you, you know if you put, if you have tentative efforts you you know you're going to have tentative outcomes so I feel that you need to you need to be you need to have a, a strong personality you need to be
1: Correct. Correct. Completely. Uh, and, and talking about that, what do you think, because um, you were relating yeah. to the rush way, and then what do you think, um, because we know we all apply the rush way, but that doesn't mean that we all, that we all apply it the exact same way or that we all highlight the exact same things from it. Um, what do you think are the Sure. The features of the Rushway that are very sure. notorious. Sure. In, yeah, I mean, in I, Rush. I
0: think just recently, over you know, as I said, I've only been full time with Rush from 2016, so I've been kind of learning more and more about the Rushway as as time's gone on. But you know, I think I think for me, you know, from what I've learned from the Rushway, it's kind of a a roadmap, you know, that provides kind of a coaching philosophy. It provides a style of play, and and um, you know, ultimately provides kind of best practices or techniques for player development. So. Um, in, in the pieces I've learned about the Rushway, I, I think Florida Rush align um, with, with with the Rushway. I think I think we do give our coaches um, what would you say, like the ability or, or, or latitude kind of thing to determine the system of play. Um, you know, certainly a three-five-two can be mm-hmm. um, you know an effective system. I think every every system's got its strengths and weaknesses, but I think. T- what we allow the coaches to do is pick the system that kind of best suits um, their personnel. Every team's different. You know, you you might have, you know, three, three big strong center, athletic center backs and three in the back makes sense. But if you don't, um, then perhaps four makes more sense. So, so we allow the coaches to, to, you know, select their style of play in accord, you know, according to their personnel, what, what best, you know, maximizes the strengths and minimizes the weaknesses of of their personnel. So, um, so we, we deviate slightly on the system. Um, but I think the style of play, um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, for the, for the most part we're you know, we, we, we align very closely. I mean, you know, most definitely we want to play an attacking orientated purposeful style of soccer. And in, in our style of play, we talk about when you get the ball, you know, look to break lines and, uh, you know, we don't we don't want to just pass the ball for the sake of passing the ball. Um, you know, we, we want to look to break lines. We want to look to go forward. And then, um, you know, I, I think it says in the, in the um, in the style of play that, or sorry, the rush way that, you know, movement and activity of both the player and the ball. And and I think that, you know, in in our style of play, what, what I wrote was you know multifaceted approach to attacking play. So um, you know, we want to use central overloads and central mm-hmm. com- or overloads both wide and central and. We want to use um, you know, combinations and, and dynamic flank play. So I think, you know, th- we're saying the same thing there, really, in my, in my opinion. So I think that very much aligns. And and then I think another key piece of the rushway is, you know, uh, defending from the front, attacking, you know, attacking, or you know, is the best form of defending, you know, with and without the ball. So, um, I, you know, I, I think, you know, and I, to be honest, I I Attacking and have it, you know defending from the front, I did when I was at Stetson, you know, and and, and that was, you know, back in the nineties. I, I just think I've always liked that, you know. I always think that the players enjoy playing that way. Um, you, you know, like you said, about Diego earlier on, that um, you know some teams are more defensive than others, and you don't necessarily have to respect that. A coach's philosophy, as is, is, you know, but uh, each coach is entitled to play the way they feel is most effective for their team. And me personally, I, I yeah, I like the players being on the front foot. I like defending from the front. I think the players enjoy it more. And I think ultimately, in my opinion, I don't know if the statistics back this, but you know, you win the ball higher on the field, you make it harder for the opponent. You win the ball higher on the field, and if you win the ball higher on the field. You know, it makes sense to me that you're going to score more goals. Um, And and that's ultimately what we all love, right? Scoring goals, you know. And and so not not only do the players like that style of play, but I also think, you know, parents and and spectators, um, you know, enjoy that. Enjoy that. um, What would you say? Like imposing your personality again on the opponent. You know, that's what it comes back to is, you know, I I think everybody enjoys that. So so I, I I really love the style of play um, from, from the rush way. And then in our club, we very much support, um, um, you know, kind of player development. And w- we appreciate that, you know, practice is player development. I'm not sure perhaps if parents appreciate that as much, you know, they, they believe that the games are, are solely related to development, but it's not, it's practice and games. Um, you know, so, but we do try, you know, try to make sure that we, we, um, Distribute, you know, starts, and we ins- try and ensure that players over the course of a season—not not every game, because some games are more competitive—that you you know you might be playing in a, a tournament final or something, and it might not you know might not be conducive um, because you might want to you know win that that tournament final. Um, so not everybody might play in a tournament final or a competitive game, but over the course of the season, you know, we certainly want to. Um, you know, uh, try and make it um, where on average every player, you know, has played almost the same amount of time in the games. So, you know, we feel that's critical for at Florida Rush. We feel that's critical. And I, I, you know, I feel that that's that aligns with uh, the rush way as well. So um, um, positive feedback. I think I think we do. Um, I think the rush way is four to one. And what, what I encourage my coaches or our coaches at Florida Rush to do is, more of a sandwich method, more of a, a positive, constructive criticism. Positive, yeah, you know. Yeah. So you know, something mm-hmm. like you know, you're doing great at this. Maybe you could in- incorporate this, and if you do that, then this positive will happen. You know. So um, yeah, so we encourage. Um, I, yeah. I, I guess you could say that's maybe a two to one. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think the rush is fantastic. I think it's, it's a, just a, a great framework, a very strong framework, a real positive framework. And, um, um, yeah, I, I think um, an- another thing that we've got in our style of play that I think, uh, you know, lends itself as well to the, to the defensive principles of defending from the front. Um, you know, we, we tell our players, our coaches to express to the players that we want our teams to defend with the same level of enthusiasm as they attack. So, you know, every, every, everybody, all players love to attack, you know, but if you can put that same amount of effort, you can be cohesive and defend collectively with that same level of enthusiasm, then I think that's going to help the teams as well.
1: Completely, completely. You know, you were saying something very interesting before that, um, that I think a lot of coaches um, get confused about. But not, not not specifically about the Rush way, but the, the the understanding of the sport in general. That it's um, they say like um, oh wow, these people want me to play um, three five two, and um, I don't like playing with a line of three, or I don't think that I have the players, so I'm going against this style of play. And I'm like, no, 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 you're making a mistake already. I say, um, the formation, it's it's right. the formation can be flexible, and and I actually right. I think it's prudent. Um, to adapt it right to the to the team that you have. I mean, of course, the style of play is where the clubs should be more strict about negotiating, right? And um, and and, and that doesn't mean that there's sure. a better style of play than another. There's one. It's like saying, um, in Barcelona, everybody says like, okay, in Barcelona, the preferred formation is four three three, but that, it doesn't mean that they play four three three all the time. In fact, Valverde used to play four four two. What they don't right. trade is right. the style of play. So, as a coach, I think you have to be well aware that if that's not your style of play, and you have a right to have a different one, it's not—you're not forced to it. Sure. Then maybe you're not in the right place because if you are female on it and you go to Barcelona, well, you're sure. probably going to struggle because you have a different style of play, they're yeah, not I think, I, not gonna
0: I think that's the beauty of the game, um, that it really, Pablo. In that, you know, there's so many different philosophies, there's so many different opinions, there's so many different ways of doing ultimately the, the same thing, you know, I mean, it's ultimately about the ball in the back of the net, but there's so many different, yeah, there's so many different ways about me. how you're going to defend, how you're going to attack, you know, transition and styles of play and, you know, that that that's the beauty of the game, I love you know, just sitting down and talking about different systems of play, different, you know, different styles of play, uh, you know, and, and I think to to your point, Pablo, I think you're absolutely right. I think you, it's prudent to use your words that you have, the players have an understanding of, of different systems and even different, you know, slightly different styles. At, at certain times uh, in a game, you might be losing 1-0 late in a game. You might need to take on a slightly different style. Uh, it doesn't mean it has to be your identity, but, um, it, you know, sometimes it's, it's prudent to be able to play a little bit, you know forward a little bit more um you know a little bit more direct um you know if if you're losing and you need to get the ball forward a little quicker you know so so um I think I think it's I think you you have that framework you know your 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 system your style of play and I think the rush way I think really aligns with what we're doing here at Florida Rush um but certainly to your point Having that, having a little bit of, of flexibility and your players understanding that, I think you have to. That goes back to training again. That um, you, the, the players clearly have to understand what we're going to do at certain times in the game. You know, if this happens, then we do this. If this happens, then we do that. Um, you know, I, I think that's. I think that's a good team. I think that's a good team that can do those types of things. Compliance.
1: Right. Really? It's a team that's that right. has solution exactly that, that right. finds alternative. Really? And Sean, um, I remember you mentioned this to me and, uh, and I thought that it was really interesting if you want to share it with others and uh, explain a little bit. Um, you were telling me that, that, and I think you mentioned it at the beginning as well, that you were saying mm-hmm. we, we have a very holistic approach. And um, and I know that you were saying with your coaches, you you work at Florida, you guys work on a three-dimensional model. Can, can yeah, you explain uh, so, that topic yeah, so a little bit?
0: We've, we've you know, when, when I started coaching when I was younger you know it it, it was a different different um uh, i don 't know if I want to say culture, but society was different you know kids were different it's a, today's it's it 's a different generation of kids that 's all and you know different things have been introduced into 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 society like technology and, and gaming i mean gaming wasn 't around when I was a kid you know so so things have changed you know and and there 's no question coaches need to be adaptable you know we 're coaching a different kid today than we were coaching you know you're coaching a different 12 year old today than a 12 year old of 20 years ago two totally different people um you know so so as coaches we have to be adaptable and i think something that's key in today's um you know today's coaching is is building relationships i think um you know i i think there's that one saying um let me think it now. It's, uh, I, I, you know, the players don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Um, you know, so so I think that's where we are today. You know, I, I think in today's society, I think the kids want to know how much you care. You know, you know, and, and that comes back to holistic development. And that's what 3D it's, it's called th- three dimensional coaching. As you said, we call it 3D for short. So 3D is basically it's, it's a, you know, it's a self-paced Um, online course it's a it's a certification you get certified at the end um, and it's a kind of philosophical framework that that um, takes a coach through a journey um, and and kind of guides them through uh, changing from transactional coaching to transformational coaching so um, you know again to use another another Mm -hmm. Mantra or cliche, you know, um, I think that kind of sums up 3D coaching. It's you know, a, a good ca- a good coach can change a game. A great coach can change a life. So I think that that really aligns with with right. the 3D coaching. So as I said, it's kind of a journey um, from from being a transactional coach to a transformational coach. And and basically, what what a transactional coach is 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 a uh, a coach that's results driven. Uh, a coach that kind of focuses on winning and and perhaps their own personal needs or or their own you know reputation um, that that 's transactional um, whereas transformational um, is is a coach that understands the importance of of developing responsible young adults and and leaving a lasting legacy um, and and that's transformational. So where, where the three dimensions come into it. So the first dimension is the fundamentals. That's that's the X's and the O's. And, it's, and, what, and what that is, is, you know, technique and tactics and strength and, and power and quickness. Um, that's the first dimension. And, and some coaches only coach in the first dimension. Um, the majority of coaches coach in the first mm-hmm. and the second dimension. And the second dimension is... Uh, the mind, the psychology, the motivation of the sport—so confidence, emotions, team cohesion, and goal setting. So, so some coaches coach in the first dimension. Uh, most coaches coach in the first and second dimension, and 3D coaching recognizes the importance of coaches to be competent in the first dimension and competent in the second dimension. But what they, what their whole premise is, is that. You can be more impactful. You can be a better coach if you also coach in the third dimension. So the third dimension is the heart. It's making making meaningful and long lasting relationships you know, with the players. It's, it's, it's winning the heart of the athlete. And the, the, as I said, the premise is that play, players that are coached in the first, second and third dimension uh, are players that are more committed. They're more receptive. They learn quicker, they work harder, they're more adaptable, um, they learn life lessons. Uh, and I think the key piece there is more, more receptive. I think um, if, if coaches are coaching in all three dimensions, if the coaches are showing the players how much they care, I, you know, and building meaningful relationships. I think ultimately the players are more receptive, and ultimately the players are going to want to play for you as the coach more. You know, and I think if you look at modern coaches of today, Klopp and and you know, coaches of that nature. I mean, you see Klopp interacting with his players. I mean, he's grabbing them. He's getting Pep, you know, they're grabbing these guys and they're kissing them and they're hugging them. And you can just feel the passion. You can feel the love. Um, and and those are the top coaches that are, that are, you know, coaching the heart of the athlete. As well, so they're not only competent in the first dimension—the fundamentals, the X's and O's, technique, tactics, etc. They're competent in the second dimension, which is the, the you know the mind, the psychology, uh, motivation. But they're also highly, um, highly committed to the third dimension—you know, building meaningful and lasting relationships with their players. And and um, yeah, that that's basically the 3D um, model yeah and it's, it's as I said it's online it's an online course and we're working through mm-hmm. it with our coaches we, we actually have like a, a 3D ambassadors group we've got about half a dozen coaches that we've kind of handpicked and, and every Thursday we, we were meeting in person but obviously with the coronavirus now we're doing it online and we work our way through the co- uh, through the course it takes I think the course takes about six hours uh, is it six hours or 12 hours uh, I'm not sure on the length Uh, pablo but it's it's really meaningful information um but we work through it and we're doing it for six weeks and we we've designated two hours per week every other week so i would imagine it's about 12 hours and um and we just work through the um work Through the the 3D platform and discuss it. We do it. We do a section and then we discuss it and talk about how we can um, apply that to coaching and and what could we what are our ideas and there's things like you know writing a handwritten note to the player to let him know how he's doing or or visiting a player in his home. Um, you know we talked about that and we talked about the advantages and difficulties of that because um, that's something so uh, you know new to club soccer that you know people might feel there's some you know some under under you know ulterior motive or something there, so we we kind of tweak that a little bit and now we we encourage more uh just one on one meetings with the parents and that type of thing so so um yeah it's um it 's a great it 's a great platform and just just really really guide you through as i said at the, 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 the start there guide you through moving from more of a transactional approach the first and second dimension to more of a transformational approach, changing the, the athlete's life which is being engaged and committed to the first, second and third dimension.
1: No, no, I, I I I love it. I love it. And um I support it as well. In fact um two of the most remarkable things that I've been told that I have read from from world renowned coaches, um one of them directly mm-hmm. in a having a coffee and talking and, and um, then right. he's coached like the best best players in the world he's been in um you know Argentina's national team etc and um and one of the most impactful things that he told me was um um never underestimate yeah, the power of a of a big hub right it was like sometimes that's all they need you look at it, you know you're with this yeah extremely high level athletes and that's right and don't, they're, they're humans and sometimes they, they you know how they just and, and the second extremely beautiful thing that I read actually and, I, and that I believe in is um, there's a coach his name is uh, Chesco okay. Spar and he actually coaches Hamble um, for Barcelona and uh, and he's mm-hmm. like the Guardiola of the Hamble and um. and he was saying I don't I, I can't imagine or I don't conceive." um a great team, you can have a good team, but I don't conceive a great team that it's not based on an emotional commitment first. Absolutely. And um, and I believe in that as well. He says that because you know, when you're completely exhausted, something else is going to push you to keep going and, and, and it turns into something emotional, not something physical.
0: Yeah. Um, so here, that's, I mean, that I what you that. just said really is perfectly in line with the the 3D platform it's it's you know it, it made me think of don't estimate the power of love really i mean it's it's showing that you care it's showing the athletes that you you are invested in them um and that that goes back to what i said at the start there that you know young young players you know have changed you know it's it's uh it's a different world we live in and and um and adapting and evolving as a coach is um you know is is uh is very important
1: very important. Yeah. So I think so Jim. I think so Jim. Sean, um, thank you so much for all the, the knowledge that, that, that you share. And, um, it's been a, not only a wonderful conversation, but a a great learning opportunity for me as well. And, um, last, um, last minute, I always like, um, just just give give them in for yourself to to advise to give a message to the coaches something that that you would like to to share sure, with the coaches so our yeah so our network. Um, so please go ahead
0: so when you contacted me about coming on to this uh th- this conversation i you mentioned that about potentially speaking about a philosophy you know what my philosophies were and i i know what my philosophies and my values and my beliefs are you know but i'd never I'm 52 years old now. I've been coaching, you know, for well over 30 years, and, and I still feel like I have so much to learn. Um, I really do. I really mean that sincerely, that I have so so much to learn. But um, I, I I kind of I, – I took out a notepad and a pen, and, and I just started kind of writing down, you know, my philosophies and my thoughts, and, and um, I just felt it was a great exercise, Pablo. Um, I, I'd never really taken the time to do that um I'd never really kind of sat down and and just just organized my thoughts and uh yeah it was just a great exercise so I I would say um you know I would encourage you know coaches to do that if you if you haven't already Maybe, maybe maybe I'm the odd one maybe I I'm the one and only that has never done that you know but um if you haven't done that I would I would highly recommend it and uh I was actually on a podcast the other day and um Uh, It was uh, Tom Bates, which was, it was Chris P had sent out, um, you know, an interview he'd done with Tom Bates. And Mm -hmm. Tom Bates spoke about um, a a book called Inside Out Coaching, How Sports Can Transform Lives. And uh, it's by Joe Ehrman. And he said, the book is based on Mm -hmm. three questions. And the three questions are, why do I coach? Why do I coach the way I coach? And how would it feel to be coached by me? And I just thought that was so powerful. Those three questions were so powerful that, again, I I would just, you know, I I would encourage coaches if you, if, you know, I know we get caught up in life, but if you haven't had a chance to sit down and just recently, you know, or or ever, you know, if you haven't sat down and just kind of reflected on those questions and and perhaps wrote down, you know, kind of a bit more of of your beliefs and put them in an organized kind of fashion, um, you know, I, I, I would, I would highly recommend that. And the second, part of that i think is um again i just mentioned you know we get kind of caught up in life and 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 if there is anything good about the coronavirus i think it's been an opportunity for me to go online and and listen to these various webinars and speak to people like you pablo and and have great conversations and and um it's just made me realize that um you know how important personal having a growth mindset and personal development is i've i've just i've tried to in the morning put my headphones on and get a good podcast ready and go out on a jog or a walk or whatever and and listen to a podcast you know just about growth as a person off the field or about soccer you know on the field and and things of that nature but um just just it's just really reinvigorated me in terms of of personal growth and and i found it to be inspiring and and, um, you know, I, I feel less stressed. I'm sleep, sleep better. And, and, you know, it, it's just, you know, I, I think long-term, you know, it's going out for a walk and jogging, obviously is going to improve my health. And then listening to a podcast is going to improve my mental health and, and, you know, all, all those types of things, positives that come from personal development and having a growth mindset. So, um, if, uh, you know, if you're not moving forwards, you know, but then we're moving backwards. So, um, I think those two things, I think if you haven't, if you haven't, had a chance lately to, to reflect on your own coaching philosophy and put pen to paper, ask those three important questions. You know, why do I coach? Why do I coach the way I coach? And how would I, f- how would it feel to be coached by me? And then just a, a renewed commitment to your own personal development. Those would be my two nuggets. Mm-hmm.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. And in fact, um, I've experienced, I've experienced that moment of, Saying like, "Wow, I've been doing this for this time, and I've studied all of this, and I've heard all of this, and um, right, and say, okay, what what do I believe in? What's what are what are gonna be? What because you know it, it's it's there's not necessarily one way. Like we were talking before, you know, it's not like there's necessarily one right answer and the rest are wrong. That's right. But um, but it has to be right for you because
0: um, so coach, right. we know that and if that, you're that not was, authentic, to To your point, probably that was what work. I really focused on was. What's important to me, you know, and and, that, and I really tried to reflect that in my kind of philosophical statement. And uh, I was, uh, you know, just very, very excited, very happy to do it and really appreciate this opportunity, Pablo.
1: No, my pleasure, Sean. It's it's been it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you very much for the Absolutely. time as well. And um, everybody stay safe for there. Yeah?
0: You too.
1: Take care. Take okay. care, Sean.
0: Thanks for listening to Coach's Education, exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network.